0: Mindfulness Mode
1: 82. Breathing during situations and being mindful of that and knowing that you get nervous during those times actually helps you through it.
0: Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining us. As appreciation for listening, I have a meditation infographic for you called Calm Your Busy Mind. This download focuses on breathing, exercise, and mantras. Get your copy at mindfulnessmode.com calm, C-A-L-M. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Kyle Hendricks on the line today. Hey, Kyle, are you in Mindfulness Mode? Yes, I am great. Kyle Hendricks is a promotions expert. He helps employees get moved up into positions where they can use their leadership skills to make a bigger difference in the world. Kyle gets totally pumped when he's able to help people reach their goals faster. Kyle practices mindfulness and he's written a book called It Starts With You, which teaches the reader to consider what you're focusing on and be mindful in order to get to your goal faster. So, Kyle, tell Mindful Tribe, what does mindfulness mean to
1: you? Mindfulness means to me being present in the moment, uh, and that's physically and mentally. And you're there, and you notice everything that's going on around you, and you're picking up on everything that's, that's happening to you, and you're making mindful decisions and choices based on that. And that's what really uh, mindfulness means to me.
0: Well, you know, it's true. A lot of people, you know, we kind of live our lives on autopilot at times and don't really kind of think about what we're doing at a given time. So that's a great description. So what inspired you to start being more mindful, Kyle?
1: Yeah, it actually started with a a conversation I had with a customer uh, a few years ago. And I was called up to this department um, because they said a customer wanted to speak to me and i put myself on autopilot i expected the worst uh this usual conversation of some somebody did something wrong i i want something for free and you're going to fix it and i walked up there thinking that that conversation was going to go just like that and it was the exact opposite and even the customer pointed that out and he said i just wanted you to know that this isn't your usual customer complaint it's actually a compliment And I wanted to tell you about this person who did a great job for me. And I said, thank you. And he looked at me and he said, well, you're you're telling me thank you and you're here, but I can tell you're not really here. And I said, okay. And he said, well, your words are telling me thank you and you're physically present, but I can tell you're somewhere else. And, you know, I'm trying to give you a compliment. And I'm trying to let you know that that I want you to tell this person over here that they're doing a good job. Again, I said, well, thank you and and okay. And, you know, that's where the conversation ended. And after that, it really got me thinking about what I was doing on a day-to-day basis at work. And for me, it got me thinking about my why and my purpose again. And I started looking into mindfulness, and and that's when it became – Um, a practice for me
0: right so at first did it seem really strange to you how that customer kept saying that to you
1: it it did and you know when you have that happen to you you don't know what to do you don't know if you agree with them or you argue with them or what and the only thing that could come out of my mouth was thank you and okay
0: yeah so you started looking into mindfulness so tell me about that where did you look and what did you find
1: um well you typical Google search (laughs) that everyone does at first. But what I found was I I really started looking into Brendan Burchard, uh, The Charged Life, Motivation Manifesto, different books that that he's written around being present and fully aware, um, different YouTube videos that he has on the same thing, and uh, started looking at at John Maxwell again. Um, And I say again, because I had started reading his material and, and studying it. Uh, but then again, it was just because, you know, that's what someone else told me to do. So I was just on autopilot again with learning things. Yeah. So wasn't being mindful in that area either. And, uh, once I started taking that, that seriously and actually looking into it, you know, now it's a daily practice for me.
0: And so tell me about that daily practice. What's it look like? What do you actually do?
1: I'm intentional with my, with my morning uh, when I get up, it's got a purpose. Um, I, I read every morning. Um, I study different things. I plan out the day, especially for, for work. I mean, I want to have a plan when I go in there. I want to be mindful about the things that are going to happen. And I think what happens is, you know, people wake up and they do the same thing every day. And they get to work and they have their cup of coffee and they go, well, it's going to be another Wednesday.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, here we go. You know, so I, I changed that for myself.
0: So what kinds of things do you read? You probably read Brendan Burchard and John Maxwell. Anything else?
1: Yeah, I've also picked up uh, books from, from Grant Cardone, and this is on the uh, selling side and, and more of the rallying the team side and getting people to buy into uh, to what you're doing as far as your team goes. And then um, I've got titles not necessarily authors, right? Right now I'm reading a a book a week and, uh, I'm picking up material, you know, that I can get my hand on, whether it's, it's leadership or or mindfulness, or it's about team building. Big one for me too, was the five dysfunctions of a team. And that really pertains to being mindful around what your other team members are doing and, and paying attention to, you know, signals that they're giving you, whether that's, uh, you know, just little little gestures or hints of, hey, I, I don't know how to do this and or I, I need more information on that. That's the other kind of material that I've been looking into a lot as well.
0: So Kyle, you work for one of the biggest rural retailers in the U.S. Tell us about that and how you use mindfulness with your team there at work.
1: So for me, mindfulness at work, it's really getting to know everyone that's there. Uh, there's an old phrase out there that I use. It's called uh, Coaching by Walking Around. And it has nothing to do with the the business side. It's actually taking time to get to know each one of your team members. And that doesn't mean you have to know every detail in their personal life. I mean, that's not where we're going with this. It's, you know, what are what do they do outside of work? What are things that they actually enjoy? Because, you know, work isn't their their whole life, right? So what are the things that actually make them happy that they enjoy doing? And When you can connect with that and be mindful of that and keep that at the forefront, it's a lot easier to have difficult conversations with them or just be able to build that camaraderie within the workspace.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. That that really helps. Let's go back to when you were younger in your teens. Were there any signs that you were going to be a a manager and a person that would connect with other people and and kind of help them in a mindful sort of way?
1: That didn't happen to me probably until I was 18. Yeah. And the first time I I was in a management position was actually with McDonald's. Uh Uh-huh. And the management material they they give you there. Um, Of course, they have their manager and training program. But the first actual leadership book that I read was called Grinding It Out by Ray Kroc. Oh, yeah. And that got me hooked on that entrepreneurial spirit and that Leadership spirit and and driving a group of people around, you know, a common goal that's going to take everyone to the next level.
0: So, what was your common goal? What was your goal that you were working toward?
1: Mine, at the time, I thought it was going to be working up to higher positions with McDonald's. Sure. And what it actually did was was give me a good foundation for how to lead a team towards a, a common goal, and it was a good. Um, I I guess I would say a good first step towards, you know, is this leadership thing going to be for me or not in the future?
0: So if you have somebody on your team that just doesn't seem to be clicking, maybe they maybe they don't seem very mindful. Maybe it's hard to connect with them, maybe, you know, to reach them. What do you do to help that employee move on, move through this?
1: Um, I use that coaching by walking around method, and what it really comes down to is figuring out what kind of you know responsibilities they have outside of the workplace. Uh, what I've found is that maybe they're overloading themselves in their personal life, and, and it makes them struggle in their professional life, and I ask them how we can balance that out, especially if they're um, a part-time team member. You know, and I, I say, is do you need more time to take care of those things outside of work, and do we need to pull back here and uh, let you do that so that you can make it through that? Because I I don't want them to feel like they can be replaced at any time, or well, that's okay. You know, if you if you keep just messing up, we'll just replace you. Because that's not that's not being mindful of those people around you either.
0: Right. Absolutely not. So yeah. So tell me about your your home life if you'd like to in your family i know you have daughters how do you how do you use mindfulness at home
1: uh using mindfulness at home is the same thing as as being mindful and i think any situation you're in you know what's what's going on around you and, and paying attention to that space while you're there and i believe that's very important because without doing that you know it, it would be just like if i went to work and all i was thinking about was home you know then work is going to say well What's going on with Kyle today? He seems a little off. He's not here, you know? Yeah. So it's the same situation there, and you really have to have that balance in place. Otherwise, you burn yourself out, for sure.
0: Yeah, right. So— if you have somebody coming to you who says, you know, I've been wanting to move up for a long time and I'm stuck in this job, I don't yeah. seem to be going anywhere and I'm, I'm really getting impatient, what sorts of things would you do to help them to, to move on?
1: I would say quit waiting on that other person to get you promoted because that's what it usually comes down to. They tell me, uh, I've been interviewed this many times, I'm just waiting on John here to call me back or I'm waiting on this email. And doing all that waiting gets you discouraged, and it makes you think that the system's broken and no one's paying attention to you. So I I would challenge them and say, quit waiting on somebody else to get promoted, you know, and go make a name for yourself. The first time I tried to get a management position, you know, after I moved on from McDonald's, uh, the first time I tried to get a management position, I had seven interviews, and I was waiting on seven people for a call back, an email back, something to happen and it's very discouraging. And I decided to to change that. Instead of waiting on somebody, you know, what am I going to do to make an impact? Because your biggest challenge is obscurity. No one knows who you are yet. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. And you've got to go out and say, this is what I stand for. This is what I do. And this is how I'm improving the company. And you've got to go, you know, full charge with that. Otherwise, you do get discouraged. And you're saying, well, I'm... I'm just going to wait for them to do this, and I'm going to wait for that to happen. You know, and that's never going to happen. So that's what I would challenge that person with.
0: So sometimes we just do too much waiting, and we need to just act, right? Just get out there and do it.
1: Massive action will take you far. And just to finish up with what I was talking about, waiting on seven people, Mm -hmm. I decided to take action and ask myself, what is the company looking at right now? What are they measuring that I can be the best in? What are they looking at in my department that would help me be in a better place to get in front of those key decision makers? And after I started doing that and and started focusing on on my space and not comparing myself to other people, which is another downfall, I started getting noticed without even trying. As far as you know, going out and saying, "Hey, hey, interview me, promote me." I focused on what I could do in my space, and and I dominated it. That's the best word to use because. I started having other uh, store managers come to my area to look at it and take notes and seeing how they could bring that information back to other people and develop them into what I was doing. And at one point in time I had 24 of them, you know, in my little department coming in asking me what I'm doing, taking pictures of things and and getting my advice on how they can improve you know the same departments back at their store as what we were doing in mine.
0: I was just going to say, you wrote a lot of this into your book. It starts with you, it sounds like. And so tell us about the mindfulness content that you put in that book. How did you go about teaching the reader
1: to be mindful? Yeah. Well, I put it in the context of the retail space for what I started out with, just so they could understand where I was coming from. Right. So a lot of the examples are used uh, in a retail aspect, but you know, it could be a retail department or it could be an accounting office. I mean, it's the same principles. Yes. So uh, what I did was I I really wrote about engagement. And I think people connect with the word engagement as well as mindfulness. You know, and a big one for me is uh, what am I engaged in right now? And what level do I want to be at? And I don't think people think what level of mindfulness they want to be at. A lot of the times we we just get stuck in that uh, autopilot, and I, I write about this as well, and we don't actually have a goal for that. We don't say, hey, you know what, today I'm going to be mindful in this area, and, and these are the things that I'm going to do, and this is the goal I'm going to reach, and here's my target. You know, usually we go into the day with, well, I know this happened uh, last Thursday. It'll probably happen again, and uh, there's nothing I can do about it, and, you know, I'm just going to be this... Same person stuck in the same area. And that's what I really talk about there as well.
0: Right. For many people, Kyle, mindfulness relates to meditation. Do you do meditation in your life?
1: No, not currently. I've looked into that. Brendan Burchard talks about that a lot as well. Yes, he does. But, you know, that's that's not something that I've tried yet. Not to say I'm against it or anything like that, but uh, I just haven't fitted into to my space yet.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I just wondered what your thoughts were on that because I know Brendan talks quite a bit about that in his book.
1: Yeah, and I know a big one for him is I think he uses the mantra release. Yes. And, you know, I, I think that's great when you can take that time. And he's really big on restructuring your morning, and that's where I got that from as well. You know, being intentional about the first hour you're awake. and. Yes. Uh, That's the biggest thing I've taken away from him to help me structure my morning and and take that hour for myself and really be mindful about that.
0: Yeah. So speaking of those morning routines, I want to talk about boundaries and discipline. How are you able to keep that routine going so that you don't kind of fall off and, and start, you know, doing something else? How do you keep disciplined with that?
1: the biggest thing with the with a family because you know once once they're awake that's where my attention's at.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm up before everybody. Most of the time I'm up before the sun's up. <laughs> so and, and that just comes with the retail space as well. I I get to work early before we open the store and everything like that. But, you know, I even do that on my days off cuz I'm so used to it now. And most people will say, "Well, you know, how come you're not sleeping in on your days off or how come you're not, you know, taking the time to lay in bed a little longer? It's Sunday or whatever. It, I don't think it matters what day it is for when we should take that extra time to ourselves. I'm not a believer in sleeping in. All that does is put your day way behind.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what time do you get up, Kyle?
1: Um, I'm usually up by 430.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so then you're reading and do you sometimes write or journal at all?
1: Yeah, that's usually when I I like to blog Mm -hmm. as well, too. I might not publish it that day. I might take a couple of days to work on it. But I've noticed that you are actually the most alert and awake first thing in the morning when your mind's refreshed and it's not the end of the day and you've had all of these things go on and you can't, you know, necessarily focus as well as you can in the morning.
0: So what kinds of things do you like to write about in your blog?
1: I like to write about the leadership lessons I've had over the last nine years. I like to give people information on things that they can relate to. I think a lot of the blogs out there now are just filled with, you know, the, the top 20 leadership qualities. And the, I think people are ready to move on from that. Mm-hmm. I think they're ready to see, you know, actual content that's been used in the workforce, especially in a retail space. Not many people write about retail and things you struggle with and the challenges that you have. Because retail is really the people business. You have to deal with people on your team and you have to deal with customers. I mean, it's double the people you have to deal with when you look at it.
0: For sure. And there are a lot of changes happening all the time, right?
1: All the time. And the faster technology changes, the faster things in retail change. So,
0: Do you find there's more change as far as employees are concerned in the last couple of years than there were previous to that?
1: change as far as uh, turnover employees?
0: Yeah, employees coming and going.
1: Yeah, I think if you don't get to a certain level and you get discouraged, there's there is that a uh, lot of that coming and going, which is, you know, something I else I talk about as far as being mindful in in my ebook, is you really have to take that time to get to know that person? And their goals, then I really talk about having the same investment as they do. Because a lot of people, managers get stereotyped in this, uh, well, he's just going to tell me he wants me to do this because he doesn't want to do it. And then he's going to go sit in the office. Yeah. So being mindful of that and taking that into account and knowing they're going to have that stereotype when they first get there has taken that boundary away. And they can actually open up to me and, and share their goals and You know, it it might be, hey, I'm I'm only working here for six months part time because I have some extra bills to pay. Mm -hmm. Okay. you know, while you're here, this is this is what I expect from you and this is what you can expect from me. And, you know, and we we plan on the time they're going to be there and what we can do for them. Some of them end up staying and, you know, sometimes they leave. But at least we know going into it that we're mindful of that situation.
0: Very straightforward. Yeah. Very upfront. Yeah. Yeah. People like that, don't they?
1: Oh, yeah. They don't like to have to guess or wonder about, you know, who I'm going to be or how I'm going to be every day. So
0: Right. Yeah, Kyle, I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time, and I've seen how mindfulness can really make a big difference there, helping adults and kids who have been bullied. Do you have a story about a specific bullying situation where mindfulness might have made a difference?
1: Yeah, I hired someone not too long ago who expressed a a story to me during the interview and and she said you know I I would love to to work for you you know the last manager I had this is how things went and I really don't want that to happen to me again because it wasn't a good experience and I asked her to elaborate on it and she told me that you know that particular manager used to manipulate her into doing things for him that he didn't want to do and he never took care of and he would disappear and, and she would be stuck with a full plate and no one to help her out with that stuff. And mm-hmm. and uh, she expressed how she felt that, you know, she was being singled out for that and manipulated into doing those things. And uh, we talked through that and, and I made sure that she understood. And it, it, that's hard to do in a, you know, 20, 30 minute conversation to say, hey, I want to bring you on board and that's not how I'm going to be. It's hard for someone to believe that. Sure. But I really think being mindful of of that situation when they bring it up and and we have that in front of us that I can take into account that, you know, if I tell this person something that they're going to have that angle on it when they listen to me. And uh, I really think being mindful of that can help with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. With all the work you do with employees and people at, at your company, do you find that women see mindfulness in a different way from men?
1: Yeah, I definitely think they look at things from a more strategic angle, if you will. Uh And, well, for instance, men are more of, uh, hey, let's get it done. Let's knock this out. Let's just do it right now. And, you know, we don't don't see past uh, what's going to happen after that point. Right. I think women are more mindful in the sense that they think further on down the road and go, well, You know, if we do this now, we're going to have this in the way or we have to wait on that. So, you know, what what can we actually do to work, work smarter here? And uh, I think that's what they bring to the table as far as mindfulness goes.
0: Right. So it's good for us to have, you know, a good mix of men and women in the workforce to kind of we can help each other through this. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So Kyle, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice?
1: Uh, Brendan Burchard, for sure.
0: So how has mindfulness affected your emotions?
1: It's helped me uh, actually take a step back and and look at the the bigger picture and say, "Am, am I actually, you know, Do I actually need to feel this way right now or am I overreacting or underreacting because it can go both ways? And that's what mindfulness has really done for, for me from an emotional state.
0: So Kyle, tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice.
1: Uh, you've got to breathe. I I used to find myself, especially talking to people that that were in a higher position than me in, in retail. Yeah, I used to find myself holding my breath a lot, and you know that would not help me answer their questions at all because I'd have to let my breath go, and then then I'd start thinking about the question they just asked me, and it, it just it always made it look like you know I I wasn't there. I didn't know what I was talking about, and breathing during situations and being mindful of that and. Knowing that you get nervous during those times actually helps you through it, especially breathing. And I, I really think it's common for people to hold their breath during situations like that.
0: If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be?
1: Yeah, I would definitely recommend picking up my ebook. It's called uh, It Starts With You. It's available on my website. You can actually snag it for free on uh, brickandmortarleadership.com.
0: Can you share an app which helps you be more mindful, Kyle?
1: Yeah, it's a great app I recently found. It's called Vim, and uh, Vim gives you actual targets during your day that you've you've set up your goals on there. So Vim will give you a target every day to accomplish something. It also gives you um, a couple of quotes throughout the day to keep you going, and it prompts you on your phone, and you, you look down, and it helps you be mindful. You said, yeah, I've set this goal, and Vim's reminding me of it. Great. I'm going to keep rolling on this instead of getting distracted today. So It really helps with that.
0: That sounds great. So Kyle, what advice would you give to a person who's new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in
1: their life? I would say that they need to get past... uh, you know the the stereotype and the oh I don't want to listen to a guru kind of stereotype. I think a lot of people have they're they're not looking at the benefits and they're more looking at the person who's teaching it to them. And the person is just vessel, if you will, to bring that information to you. Don't focus on that person necessarily. Focus on what you can learn from that, and that will take you a lot further than just worrying about who's teaching it to you all the time and and getting your head wrapped around that. So.
0: So, yeah, so Kyle, it's been really great talking with you today about mindfulness and how you apply it to help you with your employees and you help employees move up in the ranks, and, and that's just great. Thank you so much for that. So, Kyle, how do we contact you and learn more about what you do?
1: Yeah, so uh, the best place is my website, brickandmortarleadership.com, and uh, the blog I've talked about as well is also available on there.
0: Super. That's just great. Well, all the best to you, Kyle.
1: Thank you so much. All the best to you as well, Bruce.
0: Thanks. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.